Welcome to this week's episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together, the podcast for entrepreneurs interested in fast growth and funding, powered by EHE Capital. Hey, welcome to this week's episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together. And today we have a brilliant episode lined up for you with a wonderful guest. So I'm very pleased to introduce myself as the, <laughs> as the guest today. <laughs> very good. Harry will be uh, hosting. Uh, thank you both for having me. Appreciate it, it. It's amazing not to have to kind of lead it, Georgia. So really pleased that you're doing the heavy lifting on, on this one. Thank you. <laughs> Happy to. Oh, brilliant. Today, I've got a few things lined up to talk through generating content that gets you noticed. And obviously, content being something that Guy and Gary both do very well with their blog, their podcast, the good things they've done with the ehe.capital websites. They've both authored books. And so this is something that's very close to my heart as well. So I thought really we could start with with just kind of just tackling, first of all, what content really refers to and, and why businesses focus on it. But Guy and Gary, obviously, I'm sure you will, but jump in if you've got, got any questions as we yeah, go. Yeah, Gary's going to ask questions and, and I'm going to uh, offer opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. When people talk about content, it's a bit of a, a, a sort of a term that gets thrown around, isn't it? So really, it's it's a tangible demonstration of your identity and your expertise, so it's what you put out there that lets people know who you are and what you do, what you stand for. And it, you really, people create content to build brands. And so you've got your company's brands and you've got your own personal brands. And ultimately, what, what kind of underpins all of that and the reason people build brands is to, uh, rather than just build an audience and focus on followers and, and that kind of thing, which is a you know, relatively kind of banal sort of goal, I suppose, uh, it's more to build a community, a sense of community around who you are and what you do. Yeah, go, go for no, it. I was going to say, and, and sort of engage with your community as well, isn't it? So you know, when you, I guess when you when you're writing content, you you you're sharing your expertise in, in the hope that people will benefit from that, uh, which in itself is a is a you know very noble thing to do, I guess. But it's also commercial because you know you, you might hit a hundred people with a blog, for example, just a, a random number, might be more, might be less, but you hit X number of people. And there will be a, a percentage of those people who not only find it useful, but actually go, hmm, that was really impressive. You know, I'd like to do business with that person or I need to get in touch with them and, and see, you know, explore things a little bit further. So there's a, you know, a, a community aspect to it, but there's also a commercial aspect to it. So I'm pleased that you mentioned that, actually. I think it's really important to, um, yeah, let's get this out there um, early doors with the episode is that. I think we've all probably been kind of targeted by some form of content, particularly, you know, online. And it, it's annoying when it's not relevant to you. And it's not relevant to you because that person hasn't taken the time to identify who their audience really is and who they should be targeting. And they're probably throwing a lot of money at some ads, but they're just kind of checking it out there. And of course, um, you know, that are they probably getting a particularly high return on investment on what they're putting into it? Probably not. But you're absolutely right. When it's done well and it's uh, written with the people that you actually want to be engaging with, your ideal clients, for example, in mind, uh, there's a massive, massive commercial benefit. I'm a bit more backward in this area than you two. I've probably spent 20 years building my brand on a face-to-face basis, doing what I say I'm going to do, deliver results in an honest, straightforward, no-nonsense way. You know, so I'll get... That's my reputation. But I think what we're talking about here is a digital version of that, aren't we? Communicating wider with a group, wider group of people rather than a, 
a narrow circle of people you deal with on day to day? And I think probably definitely the answer to that is yes, but in a slightly different way as well, in the fact that, you know, the content will demonstrate your expertise. And the beauty of that is that once you put the content out there and someone proactively contacts you, your expertise really isn't in question at that point. The only thing left to do is to do the commercial deal. So it acts as a, an, an amazing kind of filter. That brings yeah. me on to the second part of what you were just talking about. So you put the content out there and people contact you on the back of that content. So your expertise is dealt with. Then you build that relationship with them at that point, And then you get the commercial deal done and get that over the line. So it does exactly what you've just described, Gary. But I think it does it so much quicker than we've been able yes. to do in the past because you can only meet so many people. You can only travel so far. You know, there, there weren't the plethora of communication channels that there are available today, you know, 25 years ago when we, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of starting our entrepreneurial journey, if you like. It, it's a different world, actually. And and that was one of the things I was going to sort of, you know, ask Georgia about really is how far things have come and where she thinks things are going to go in the future. I'd be really interested in in hearing about you know where marketing effectively is is going to go in the future, we've moved away from what you mentioned, Gary, which was maybe um, making cold calls or advertising in magazines or newspapers or radio or TV or whatever it is, all the traditional channels to this kind of concept of building a personal brand and actually adding value to people that may be your clients or may not be your clients in the future, but you're adding value to them ahead of uh, of even talking to them, um, which which is an amazing thing to do, I think. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting point, isn't it? Because when you mentioned like TV, for example, putting ads in the newspaper and that kind of a thing, that was a version of having this one-to-many communications model versus doing everything one-to-one, which at that point would have been a face-to-face appointment or a phone call. The, the principle it kind of remains and that will never go away, which is how do you how do you scale? How do you do anything like that at scale? And it's taking advantage of the technology and the connectivity that we now have available to us. To put it one way, you know, we don't need to wait to visit or be visited now. We can just get stuff done because we have apps and we have video calls and we can contact anyone in the world in a split second. So think of a business, if any if anyone listening to this knows a business owner who's resisting creating content because they just see it as, oh, no, no, we don't need to be that that trendy or we don't need to go that far. Or um, it, It's actually very, very risky to, to be doing that in this day and age because you're, you're invisible. Everybody, it, it's not an option anymore. It used to be this kind of optional thing, didn't it? Like, oh, shall we treat ourselves and be one of those modern... Uh, company that puts a lot of di- creates digital content and uh, Facebook ads to be fair were, were not particularly prevalent as recently as five years ago whereas now it's kind of just this really accepted way to build relationships and staying ahead of the curve in who you contact and, and the way that you do that. I think as well Georgia it's a leveler mm. if you look at the way that software as a service has de- democratized the ability for people to start a business and do it reasonably cheaply. You know, you can use free versions of so many pieces of software just to get your business up and running. I think content does a similar thing where, you know, paying for radio ads, paying for TV ads, paying for magazine ads, paying to put adverts on a bus or wherever it is you're going to put it, 
was bloody expensive. And, you know, startups and even young companies on the beginning of their high growth journey just couldn't afford to do that. So, you know, I think now that if you build a, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, actually, if you build a culture of uh, where you allow and encourage people to build their own personal brand and you give them a platform to do that, then it's great for them personally, but it's also amazing for the business. And you can do that really cost-effectively compared to those traditional methods of advertising. And not only that, the way you push it out, so let's just use LinkedIn as an example, right? There's lots of different um, platforms you can push content out on, but we'll use LinkedIn for now. So, you know, there are groups within LinkedIn that will represent your clients. Yeah. So for EHE, all the entrepreneurial groups are relevant to what we want to, we want to speak to those kind of people and, and offer free advice and, and, and help them in the hope that they will engage with us in the future when the time's right for them to come and find funding for, for their high growth. So we can be very targeted, whereas I think traditional marketing was very, it was just machine gun, you know, sprayed bullets everywhere, hoping that one would hit. Whereas now you can be really, really targeted. You can do it at a, a reasonable cost and you'll reach people that you would never have been able to reach using traditional methods and you'd be surprised where those customers come from yeah i I completely agree i mean it's it's also it's going past the point of you being able to reach people it's actually people can reach you because if you're putting content out that's high quality it's focused on your ideal client so you know it's genuinely value-led for them rather than just whatever feels good to say at the time you know if you're committing to a regularity that you can keep up with week in week out whether that's one post or seven posts as long as you're showing up for them, you'll find that the people that come to you are, A, as you've already mentioned, guys, significantly more interested. So that accelerates your whole sales process. Yeah. But B, they're, they're qualified. They're, they know what the conversation is going to be about and who you are already. So the people that don't like you don't, don't interact with you. And it's, it's a much more efficient way of doing things. But I mean, you mentioned, you know, the levelling the playing fields are completely, I mean, look at Clubhouse, for example. You know, I mean, my gosh, you, you, you can walk in there, you can start a room on your topic, people are free to drop in, instantly they go, boom, you've got anything. I mean, I've, I've just set up rooms before, you know, when I was fairly new onto the app earlier this year. And you've got, I don't know what, 500 people have, uh, is, is the biggest number I've had in any one of my rooms on personal branding so far. And they've come in because they can see what I'm talking about. 500 qualified prospects just yeah. walk into it, in, into your you speaking and just start connecting with you. And that's amazing. But then you've also got like Hollywood stars and investors and people from, you know, celebrities, as well as people, you know, maybe people in your field, but significantly more successful, like your peers that you wouldn't be able to get hold of, all just fixing in together. It's incredible. And all it's costing you is your time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and your your knowledge and you know the the your expertise, I guess, as well. So yeah, it's a, I mean Clubhouse is a, is a, is an amazing way of 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 you know getting your message out there. I think and 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 meeting like minded people and people that potentially could be your clients. I mean, I'd be really interested, Georgia, from a Clubhouse perspective, because that is the the the, the new person on the block, if you like. You know what benefits if you derive from running some of these rooms and 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 having your own kind of chats. That's a good question. Access to a much bigger entrepreneurial community than I even knew existed. 
the, the sense of finding, you know, really like-minded people at a time when I was, you know, with lockdown, we were all separated from the people we've already connected with. Feeling connected was was very difficult. So you've got that extra connectivity and new opportunities. Definitely, you know, closed uh, business on a regular basis now as a result. So putting in that time into Clubhouse to build a profile in the beginning to build up a, a following in a way that kind of meant something, by, you know, by, by showing up, not just kind of hovering in big rooms to try and get sort of followers, but actually, you know, being proactive and speaking to people and just connecting. Uh, it meant me increased uh, revenue, definitely. Uh, a, a much bigger following, which is spilled over into my other platforms, for example. It, a, a definitely a heightened level of, uh, a much higher level of conversation. Connections with people that I just wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to reach before in a million years. Um, even people approaching me about a talk sh- talk show and, and things like that. So, so it's really changed and it's levelled up the type of conversation I'm having. But, guy, to be honest, I mean, I, I think that's uh, that's commercial benefit of using content on on any platform, actually. And, and I, I, I say, I was pleased you mentioned commercials. I thought we could uh, talk a little bit more about commercial side of things. I know this is something that you've done very well, you know, previously with your uh, with your first company, wasn't it? I think you mentioned. Well, I mean, I'll let you. I'll let you tell the story. But I know through you did like seven hundred blogs over the course of a couple of yeah. years, didn't you? Yeah. And what sort of things did you notice? Well, you know, I mean, it all started. Um, keeping it keep 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 this really brief because uh, we're limited for time. But it all started actually doing some writing books where the team. So I, I, I'm, you know, I ran a software company. I cannot write code, so I, I, you know, I relied entirely on the team that I began to build. And the team were really keen to demonstrate their expertise, but blogging wasn't even a thing back in sort of 2006, certainly that I wasn't aware of anyway. So we wrote books, so the team wrote books, and we, we wrote six, maybe eight published books in the end. One of them got translated into 17 languages, including Mandarin, which was kind of cool. But yeah, so and the books were great, and they won as business. And for me, that was almost like a an early way of building your own personal brand, you know, because wherever you went in the future and whatever, you know, wherever your career took you, you could always put on your CV that you were an author of, of a particular book and, and it sold tens of thousands of copies or whatever. It was amazing. You, you roll forward just a few years and sort of at 2010, 2011, and blogging was becoming a thing. And, you know, our CTO began to blog about some of the experiments that he was conducting uh, and he began to get a following. And, you know, something we haven't spoken about actually is that content can be used across multiple channels, but the same content. So he would write a blog on a, you know, an experiment that he did. That blog could be become a podcast, or the podcast could become a blog. Actually, it's probably the right way around. It, it could also become a, a talk at a user group or a conference. And then, you know, if you get multiple versions of, of, of the, you know, you get multiple blogs and multiple podcasts and so on and so forth, then you've almost got a book. So all these pieces of content can be used and they'll, they'll reach different people. People want to consume content in different ways nowadays. And I think that's one of the things you've got to be aware of, that some people like reading, so they'll, they'll read blogs. Some people prefer to listen to stuff on the way into work, so they'll download a couple of blogs to listen to or when they're, when they're exercising maybe or when they're going for a walk or, or whatever. You know, some people prefer to sit on the beach and read a you know, a business book um, or a couple of them while away on holiday or whatever, by putting the content out there, the same content, um, you're reaching many more people because you're using multiple channels to broadcast it on. 
It is exactly that. And it's important that people make the effort to do that as well. It sounds like it's going to be really time consuming. And say five years ago, it would have been a lot more time consuming than it is now, because now you've got plugins and apps and software available. The, the, the trick is to repurpose what you have. Like you say, if, you've, if you're recording a podcast, use that audio, use something like otter.ai to, to get the transcript and, and turn that or have it turned into a blog. Then you can use snippets from that to be the social media posts that promote the podcast in the first place. The podcast can link to your book or to a, a sign-up link to subscribe to updates and then you've got people in your database and you can start nurturing a relationship even more. So it's really important to do it. But just to really bring the, like you just pointed out, Guy, the commercial aspect of it home, what, the, the reason you're doing that, the, the, the money doesn't just come through wider reach and therefore closing more business. There, there are plenty of other ways to be leveraging good content when you've got it going out regularly. Like, you know, the, I mean, most people I know, when they become authors, they become more expensive to work with. They'll raise their fees because people are prepared to pay more to work with it, with an established expert. You know, and, and most people, especially if you're working with other business owners or business leaders, you know, you'll you'll find that they 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 all the serious ones want to invest in themselves at the highest level available to them at that time. So that it, they'll do that. But it's also like you've mentioned, shortening a sales process and and um, being able to have those conversations kind of more like more quickly moving on to the commercial side of doing business together you don't need a sales team I mean that's huge imagine if yeah. imagine the impact on every company for online if they could eliminate you know the the, the a sales team it's, and, and it's, the hassle of running your sales team I mean yeah. you know yeah <laughs> yeah it's incredible and how much more focused everybody in their business would be on building relationships and how different the company culture would look as a result and um, so it's it's really really powerful and really yeah. powerful. 100% agree. And I was kind of, even though um, it doesn't come across well on a podcast, when you were talking then, I was smiling because I can relate to it. The building notoriety thing, don't underestimate what that will do for your business. You know, by your team being perceived as experts, by definition, your company is being perceived as, as an expert as well in, in the field that it specializes in. And uh, with notoriety, comes demand and with demand comes the ability to um, manage that demand by putting your prices up i was always scared about putting prices up you know we had a fixed day rate for for years and i always felt wrongly by the way i always felt though that if we put our prices up that we'd lose business immediately and we'd price ourselves out and actually we put our prices up consistently over a few years to almost double what they were previously and we were winning more business because of the notoriety and because of the way that we presented ourselves out to the outside world. So, you know, really powerful way of doing business, in my opinion. And the, you know, not having to run a sales team. I, I never wanted to run a sales team. I had no one in my organization wanting to run a sales team. We would have had to bring somebody and it takes a special type of person to run a sales team with a special set of skills. And we didn't have that. And I didn't want to really do that so that's another reason why we went down this route and it, it just worked out perfectly yeah absolutely and you did you touched on a critical point as well though which I know we've only got a couple of minutes so we'll be wrapping up really but um, you mentioned guide teams as well and I just want to just to reiterate that because um, we're moving into a day and age now where with a focus on personal relationships but in a digital sense and with there being more focused on community and, and community building um, it's really important that this is something that your whole team gets involved with. So if you're worried as a business leader, like, oh, God, I'm always spinning loads of plates, I don't have time to do this. 
Well, first of all, ingrain it in your company culture so that you're not the only one telling the line in your business and your whole team are demonstrating their expertise. And don't be scared to have them positioned like that. That's a good thing. And it will bring lots more value to your company. But also, you know, if it's, if it's that bad, outsource, delegate. You know, I mean, this is exactly like my, my company is set up to help business leaders who are too busy or, and, and just don't want to get involved in this side of things. They don't have to. That's fine. But if I can leave anybody with one thought, it's to if you haven't got regular high quality content going out, it's, it's you've got to start. It's time to start it now. Well, I think you've kind of summed it up beautifully there, Georgia, but it would also be remiss of me not to uh, to call out your company. Now, Georgia's business specialises in, in helping companies build their personal brand. They do it really well. Georgia's team will top and tail this podcast for us. They will then take this content and produce a blog from it. You know, I've written now two books with Georgia about to get a third one released under the Startup Factory banner. Of, of which I'm a contributor to that. So, you know, you, you you also produce blogs and you also help companies now build community. So it's all very well producing great content, but if you don't know how to push it out there and, and make the most of it and build a community in the area that you specialize in, it's kind of been wasted a little bit. So, you know, it's an all-encompassing service and, you know, your team do a, a terrific job at, at, at doing that and have helped you know, they're helping EHE and a couple of other companies I'm involved with actually project themselves out to the outside world and kind of gain the benefits, all the benefits that we've kind of discussed as well. So, yeah, Gary, anything you want to kind of, any anything you want to finish on? I think I've spoke a bit too much in this uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I won't say any more. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, you, you can have too much of a good thing, can't you? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> No, I think it is interesting and it's not my specialist area, but absolutely critical as you guys you guys have said. So uh, I'm sure this will help other entrepreneurs listening. And and Georgia, thank you for a <laughs> fact this podcast is almost like the 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 the, the Georgia and Georgia's business podcast, isn't it? Because <laughs> you uh, have arranged the meeting in the first place, you introduced it, you led it, your team are then gonna produce it top and tail it so we can push it out onto Apple Music and Spotify and so on. They will then put a blog together for us on this subject. And I'm sure at some point in the future, Gary and I will get round to uh, to doing a book of which this content could be reused. <laughs> <It's very tricky. laughs> but boom. Well, uh, I mean, you know, I'm loving it. So <laughs> thank you very much. And I appreciate you having me, appreciate the opportunity to share share a bit of what what we do and just uh it's something that i know you're both big fans of and just appreciate the um yeah the opportunity to share the message uh if anybody listening does want to explore this in a bit more detail or talk about support available you can find me at georgia at rightsbusinessresults.com which is my email or www.rightbusinessresults.com and there is a new website launching very very shortly so we'll have lots of good info on there thank you both again really appreciate it thank you Thank you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together. Visit the EHE Capital website, ehe.capital, for further insights and to join the EHE community.